Welcome to Real Time, the Canadian Real Estate Association podcast for realtors, and we're all about issues that impact Canadian real estate and you. I'm your host, Erin Davis. Nice to have you here. And today, we are bringing it all home. Last year, the COVID-19 pandemic quickly underscored the importance of home as refuge, and we saw Canadians making their nests a larger priority. Shifts in the types of homes purchased and a boom in renos. Realtors also responded and experienced the impact of this change in prioritization firsthand. In this episode of Real Time, we're going to dig into this change and look at how it's affecting the way homes are designed, marketed, and experienced as a whole. We're so grateful to have with us a man who's best known to Canadians for his TV career spanning over 20 years on HGTV, Life Network, and CBC TV, Stephen Sabados, a household name paired with his late partner, Chris Hindman. Today, the SNC product line sells internationally. And now, Stephen Sabados, with his very own highly personal and dynamic product line, takes inspiration from his own artwork, sculpture, and photography. And he joins us to share those visions and his own perspective today. Stephen, what a pleasure to start out a new year with you here. And I know that you've been designing homes and spaces for nearly three decades. So pandemic aside, and we wish that was literal, Have you ever witnessed anything like we did last year with such a collective emphasis on the whole idea of home? Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, sadly, uh, we we have, you know, I think after the devastating tragedy of of 9-11, right, the world uh, looked at travel through a whole new lens. Uh, And then as a society, we started to look at our homes as becoming our place of sanctuary. Uh, and that's where the, the, the term cocooning, I think, was embraced and even coined hmm. from back then. Because like, I've never heard of the word cocooning before until then. And we started sort of like really coming in and uh, we really looked at our home as not only a place to live, but it was a place that we could escape to, feel safe. It was our sanctuary, right? Yeah. And instead of travel, uh, I think we were, uh, you know, as a, as a nation even, we were starting to put our hard-earned dollars into renovation, right? Maybe... Instead of uh, going south, maybe we installed a pool in the backyard Hmm. or recreation areas, entertaining areas. Um, Great rooms were becoming more and more popular in homes because we were entertaining a lot then. We were having our friends, our family over back then. We could, you know. Uh, And even, I think, networks like HGTV were were booming with programs uh, so that we could help ourselves be more knowledgeable um, and educated on renovations and decorating and repair and you know, and that's where that big DIY revolution was uh, was born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone was everyone was DIYing. Yeah. Yeah, and you talk about swimming pools. Uh, my sister tried to buy a hot tub, and it was like a wait list forever. You'd think she wanted a custom built Tesla or something. Just crazy, <laughs> right? cocooning indeed. So our homes had to be a lot of things for us last year. What does the home of 2021 look like to you, Stephen? I think personally, we're going to be dealing with, with COVID realities for, for quite some time. And our, our homes will have to remain flexible to include like a multitude of activities. Uh, you know, we're going to reevaluate how our, how our house is being used. Uh, you know, things like those, those formal dining rooms, you know, um, and I'm doing air quotes for that, those formal dining rooms, which they're going to be a thing, <laughs> of, the, a thing of the past, right? Um, because they're going to be converted into, into workspaces, play areas. Um, and especially, I think now, even more important, those big dining rooms are going to become classrooms, mm. you know, for if you have a large family, right? I think we're going to become less uh, uh, focused on aesthetics and we're going to gravitate to function. And the big word, comfort, 
Mm-hmm. Right. We're in our homes. We want to be comfortable. You know, that's why, you know, like comfort furniture, all that kind of stuff uh, is more and more popular. And I think if, if we're in our home, Aaron, as well, I, I don't know about you, but I think so many people that you're in your homes, you start looking around and you start, what do you do? You start organizing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if our place is clean and organized, our head is clean and organized, you know, and uh, and personally for me, you know, as soon as we went into our first lockdown last year, I started sort of opening covers and I thought, well, I've got this time. Why not do it? And it's sort of interesting because you see a reflection and there was a big boom on uh, TV shows on like tidying up with Marie Kondo and getting organized with uh, the home at us. So all these TV shows were sort of like grasping on it that being like, hang on, wait a minute. We can then give you more inspiration to to tidy, you mm-hmm. know, and clean. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And people were so shocked when they were clearing out all their closets and then finding out that the donation bins had been closed because of COVID, too. So somewhere in a lot of garages and basements, there's a lot of clothes we're not wearing anymore, just waiting for a chance to donate them, right? Absolutely, yes. Now, kitchens and bathrooms, they've always been the place to invest. Is this changing at all as far as you can see? You know, I, I don't think so. I mean, like, if we start with kitchens, I mean, kitchens are becoming, I think, more and more uh, important to, to ground us as a, as a family, right? It's where we're going to nurture ourselves. We're going to entertain our own family or our new bubbled family, right, which is a, a new term. I think the kitchen's always going to remain the heart of the home, right? Mm. It's a place where we're experimenting and cooking with doing, like, Zoom classes and things of that nature. And th- there was a really interesting uh, stat that I found that the Zoom app, whatever, was skyrocketing. It's a, it's enormous. It's now valued at $139 billion, oh, Aaron. Geez. That's more than Exxon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? I didn't even know what Zoom was. Right. You know? Yeah. While we're on the topic of Zoom, Stephen, you've undoubtedly seen a lot of Zoom calls and stuff. Maybe at some point we can talk about some tips for simplifying your background if you're going to be doing like a show or something where you're going to be seen by other people because there's even Rate My Room now. You've seen that, right? Yeah. Where people on Zoom, they're being judged by what's on the wall behind them. (laughs) And that's so funny. It it is very interesting because not only now are we so so conscious of what we're wearing or maybe what our hair looks like and make sure we've got uh, you know our, our faces is powdered and not shiny <laughs> yeah now we're worried about oh my god what's behind me yeah you know yeah um and it is true there's this uh, i think you know there's going to be this influx of, of staging what's behind you yeah. you know so that you can have your your real or fake diplomas, whatever you're into, <laughs> you know, proudly displayed or, you know, a piece of artwork or, or an environment that's going to sort of suit you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's going to be a bit of a, a weird phenomenon, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a thing. Um, also, while we're on that, that point as well, there was a, a really interesting ad campaign that I found about uh, dressing for success from the waist up. Uh. And, uh, and it was in a great concept, right? Cause it was from pink tartan and, uh, I found that really cool is uh, it's literally you, you're going to have your fantastic, strong business suit on, you know, male or female and um, and look fantastic. But who cares what trousers you have, what shoes you have, um, as, long, as long as from the waist up, you're looking great. Uh, that's all that matters. So that's kind of funny, isn't it? It is. It is. And just between you and me, I actually did a Zoom meeting with a blazer over a nightgown and a necklace on. So it was just like, <laughs> you don't need to know that these these are my sleep clothes. I'm looking okay with the jacket and the necklace. Thank you. <laughs> that That is brilliant. 
More with Stephen Sabados, designer and partner in the SNC product line, in a moment. Enjoying real time? Well, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for monthly episodes with amazing guests such as TV icon Sarah Richardson, award-winning author Jesse Thistle, Canadian broadcast and ad legend Terry O'Reilly, and many more. They're timely and timeless, so dig in and enjoy. Back to the house. Finished basements, defining spaces. What other changes are you seeing that as we move into not just focusing on kitchens and bathrooms, where else are we going in the house, Stephen? Yeah, but, you know, basements, uh, I think, are the perfect place uh, to define any activity. Obviously, if you, if you have a basement, I, and I know so many, uh, I've got a few friends right now that are looking to dig down their basement now to extend their home because they, they do need more space for the family. Basements, I think, are the most obvious and perfect place for, like, play areas for kids, Mm -hmm. gyms, exercise rooms. Um, But the big influx right now you're going to see in basements, not only just to gain more space, but it's going to be a home theater, Ah. you know, and that's going to be a big selling factor. I think, uh, again, another really interesting stat stat I found, which was mind-boggling for me, large home theater TV sales with a 65-inch or plus we're up 77% since this time last year. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, we're sitting down. We're getting comfy. We're watching TV. We can't go to the theater, right? Right. So why not create one in our home and make it as luxurious as we can? Uh, and that's where, we're, where obviously our audiovisual uh, setup is going to be key. And then furniture sales from there. So the only thing I did want to say when we're talking about basements, because people say, oh, I've got a basement. You know, I could just put my home office there. I personally don't think that a, a basement is a place for a home office. Oh. Um, you think about it and what you're going to do. You're, you're getting ready in the morning. You know, you've got all your stuff. You're feeling great. You're all refreshed. Then you go downstairs. You're burrowing. Mm. You know, maybe there's maybe minimal windows, maybe no window. You know what I mean? We're, we're now hibernating. We're going underground. Mm. You know, it's going to sort of like pull our energy down. If you can, I think, have your home office above ground with natural light. Um, but if you do have to go, you know, to a basement level to to work, what have you, make sure you have either like fantastic lighting. Uh, there's a lot of uh, lights that you can switch on to daylight. Mm-hmm. You know, those energizing lights. Sure. You know, we've, we've we've all seen them. Oh, yeah. Really think of that because nothing's worse than, you know, sitting beside a 25 watt bulb trying to be productive mm-hmm. in the corner beside the washer and dryer. You know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so cocooning, but not burrowing and hibernating. There is a definite difference. Exactly. Thank you for pointing Huge that out. Difference. Right. Yes. Okay. Outside space, it's also key. How can we make a small yard or a balcony, which is a reality for so many people, feel like a retreat, Stephen? Wow. And aren't we aren't we looking forward to spring? Aren't we already? <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say, you know, plant, plant as much as you can. Surround yourself with greenery as much as possible. Uh, patios, my big, my big trick for even my patio, what I do, um, is I have large, large planters. So my planters are 24 inches high. Then you're going to plant at least a five-foot tree in there. So now your tree is going to be seven feet. And the reason I'm saying this is plant them in large pots is because subconsciously you're grounded when you're under a tree hmm. or you're under foliage. So if you're sitting in a lawn chair like, and you have a tree over top of you, it, it just sort of gives you this comfort feeling like Mother Nature's giving you a hug, hmm. you know? Um, and I think that that's nice. And we can all visualize what that may look like. Also, Aaron, I don't know about you, but herb gardens oh. are, you know, so necessary, right? Because I think once you do have an herb garden, you're sort of, you feel compelled to use them and cook more. Mm-hmm. 
like if it's sitting there, you're like, wow, I've got a lot of basil there, you know? <laughs> um, so let's maybe let's make some pesto today or, you know, yeah. and it sort of does inspire you. So I, I think it's just, again, a subconscious nod, but it's going to then give you the, the reason to cook more. And also too, if we're talking about mother nature, like abundance of bird feeders, mm. flowers that attract butterflies. So we're, we're nurturing mother earth. Oh, other thing too, you know what I have on my patio, which everyone loves is a water feature. Ah, And you know what? The sound of running water greatly improves your psychological and physical health. That's a study. That's a stat. Mm -hmm. But also, I like it because, you know, I live downtown uh, and it literally drowns out the hum of the city. It's just a recycled uh, uh, water going through an urn, but it bubbles and it, you know, it makes all sorts of fantastic sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's all you really focus on is, is the sound of water, which is very, very good for you. Nice. A different kind of white noise. Very, very nice. Yeah. And a very positive one, sure. Yeah. Renovations and reconfigurations aside, now, Stephen, how can we use things like decor to keep our homes fresh? Very interesting. This one is really based on a, on a big trend as well, uh, biophilia. Biophilia sort of uh, started as a trend before 2020. Uh, And it's going to be one of the number one trends for 2021 and moving into 2022. And and biophilia, basically, if if you use a dictionary term, its basic premise is to connect the natural environment to the built environment through the use of natural materials in nature. Now, that sounds all mumbo jumbo. But basically what that means is that we're, we're, we're using plants and design and decor to energize us, like things like architecture using like living walls. Right. For those people who don't know what a living wall is, Stephen, can you kind of describe that? Give an example. Yeah, a living wall is is fantastic, and you know, and it, it used to be a thing where you know it was just mostly in commercial spaces. So basically, a living wall is a structure that you can put up, and you can actually plant on a wall. So the wall becomes actually alive. So there's there's uh, pockets to hold dirt, uh, and the the plants will actually grow. There are some. Some retail places that, that you can actually get them and hang them on your own wall hmm. uh, or even on a patio. And you can put plants in there and they will hold the soil and, and not leak all, all over your floor, obviously. Um, and you can mist them. And again, plants that have uh, maybe are easier or maintenance free in a sense that they don't require a ton of water. Uh-huh. But uh, it's mostly, like I said, you see it in large commercial buildings and hotels and things like that. But uh, bring it into your own home is, is a great way to just supply your air with oxygen and really to energize a space and give it this sort of fantastic organic sort of uncontrolled chaos, you know? Yeah. Well, what else can we do to create a more calming and organized environment? Yeah. Well, you know, we we touched on decluttering, you know, and and donate. Donate is going to pass on good fortune to you as well. And if we're talking about good fortune as well, I I think one of the biggest things to create an organized and calming environment is to do some research on the principles of feng shui, right? Mm-hmm. Feng shui basically is an ancient philosophy uh, that seeks to find balance between elements, right? So it's about positive energy flow in your surroundings. So it's about moving chi, and chi is energy, right? Right. And everything has energy. Our home has energy. We have energy. And in your home, you don't want the chi to be too fast, or you don't want it to be stagnant, that stagnant chi. So... It's about furniture placement and the configuration, right, to optimize the positive energy and to keep it flowing in your home. But I think it's kind of fun because if you do sort of look at a lot of it is very common sense in a a way, like, oh, you know, putting this chair here or that 
And I think it's one of those fun things, like if you sort of research it, uh, it's about northwest, east, south, and things like that. But it's also sometimes it makes sense. And if you move your furniture around, just give it a try. You know, you can always move your furniture back. Sure. And if the if you find there is a difference in that, maybe not even tell anyone. Maybe if you have a busy home, do this and just see how your house reacts to it. Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, but again, if I would say if it's centuries old, and it works like like yoga. Yoga basically is the, is about moving energy in our body. Mm-hmm. So why can't we move energy in our home? You know, right, right. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Try it for a new year. Now you mentioned the directions, and it kind of pulled at my heart a little bit because I know I wanted a globe for Christmas. Travel, <laughs> just spin it. Find yeah. me a place I want to go there yeah. in my head. Travel may still <laughs> be difficult for part of this year, and and who knows how long. But how can we bring the world home to us, Stephen? You've been so great about you know bringing the outside in. How do we bring the great outside, the rest of the world, into our homes? Yeah, well, I, I would say, you know, travel is about escaping your everyday routine, right? And that's why we, we travel, because we want our senses to be excited, you know, and we want to experience all of this. So I think if we break down the senses and uh, think about how to inject some of those into our environment, right? And for me personally, uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I always go to, to, I love traveling to exotic tropical places. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to break that down in that philosophy, and again, you can plug this in, what are tropical places? So brighter, vibrant colors, maybe paint a room in a warm yellow, you know, bring in tropical inspired pillows and vibrant colors, even solid colors. Uh, And I should think that the the textures as well, like, uh, you know, area rugs and jute, woven baskets, rattan accents, you know, things like that. Again, visually, it's going to give me the feeling of tropical, you know, Mm -hmm. um, if we look at sound, sound is, is quite uh, obvious. You know, you can play your favorite music. I have a, a tabletop water feature in my house as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the wintertime, at least I can still hear the trickling water. And again, it, it gives me maybe a mild feeling that there's an ocean somewhere. Yeah, right. It's a <laughs> you know? great backdrop for meditation or, as you say, for yoga as well. Yeah. It's so grounding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, for still talking senses, Aaron, there's some smell. Oh. which is very uh, easy. And personally, for me, I use a lot of aromatherapy. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of oil diffusers. So if you're burning scents like vanilla, jasmine, and sandalwood, I mean, all you have to do is close your eyes, and you can literally be projected anywhere mm-hmm. because smell is one of the strongest senses, right? right? Yeah. And also never underestimate the, the joy of, of tropical flowers and uh, just a small uh, injection of them in your home. Uh, and flowers have a positive impact on emotional health. We all know that. And if you if if you think of like touch or taste, you can combine them kind of together. If I can't travel, then I'm going to indulge in purchasing and cooking with fantastic tropical ingredients, coconuts, uh, you know, uh, mangoes, mm. uh, you know, and then doing a lot of really fantastic um, Caribbean curry recipes. And the house is going to smell like these fantastic curries. You know, even even displaying tropical fruit in a bowl, you know, that can already lift your spirits. Every time you walk in the kitchen, you can see gorgeous, exotic dragon fruit. Yeah. You know, I just love how it looks, you know. (laughs) Uh, But simple things like that, again, excite the senses. We're talking tech in just a moment, but if Stephen Sapados is lighting your designing spark, check out Realtor.ca Living Room. It's got what you're looking for, from market trends and home improvement to DIY hacks and design inspiration. Find everything you and your clients need in one place at Realtor.ca Living Room. Now back to our chat with Stephen. 
How is technology going to continue to change the home of 2021? I mean, we've seen so many changes. You've talked about that ginormous TV that people have brought in so they can binge everything that they want. How do you see us moving forward into 2021? I think the technology is is leaps and bounds. I mean, it's 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 going so quickly, and as a reaction to obviously the situations with uh, with COVID and whatnot, which are going to become sort of uh, uh, this mainstay in the home, like clean technology or clean tech, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be just another norm in our homes. You know what I mean? We're not even going to ask for it. It's it's going to be like included. You know, uh, like simple everyday things are already in place. Like you know, the, the touchless faucet. Uh, was in place years ago. Right? And that was just to help us in the kitchen, right? It was our little kitchen helper. Our hands are full of pastry dough, so we touch the faucet with our elbow and it turns on and we're, everyone's happy, you know? Now, we don't want to touch a faucet because I don't want to put germs on the faucet or, or vice versa, uh, you know? Uh, so touchless, I would say touchless everything. <laughs> I don't have to touch anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, automatic sensors to flush toilets, that's already in the marketplace now. You just... You can install this actually into your toilet. Just wave your hand and the toilet flushes. Yep. It's probably a lot of fun for kids. They're going to be flushing a lot of, t- you know, just wave your <laughs> hand over it. <laughs> and, and, and doors that open, you know, like we're not going to have to touch uh, door handles and things of that nature. But this one I found really interesting, and it's, it's on the marketplace of these, these two things. One is um, a portable closet that you can get. And this is probably going to be a concept that you can now probably get installed into your rear closet. Say your front hall. Uh, after coming into your home, Aaron, you, you hang your jacket up, you take your shoes off, and you put it in the closet, you zip it up, and it disinfects your clothing from whatever may have, you know, attached on it from, from, the, from the outside. Wow. Um, which I find is, like, wow. Like, it's very George Jetson. Yeah. Also, antimicrobial LED lighting that goes under, under your counter, uh, like, under counter lighting. Um, so at nighttime, you turn on the, the, it's almost like a black light, and it disinfects your countertops while you sleep. Uh, you know, not, not to replace cleaning, mm-hmm. but, it's, um, but this sort of technology, again, just helps fight against bacteria. Wow. Uh, you know, air purification and ventilation systems. So, you know, and I think with all of this technology, aren't you seeing why we want to go back to biophilia and bring some plants and nature into our home because we're becoming again living in these little bubbles these microcosms you know right um we're living in a little terrarium so let's let's make it green and uh and not don't forget nature because we're we're being bombarded by technology yeah and the flip side to that technology is of course tradition and the things that we've carried through in our lives for centuries and even millennia and we've had to reinvent a lot of them in the last year to follow public health guidelines stay home stay safe so do you see a potential, Stephen, for new, more virtual traditions to take root? I, I definitely think so. Uh, these new traditions are going to be just, again, traditions. We're, we're sort of inviting more and more people into our homes. Uh, and oddly enough, we're inviting them more virtually. So it's going to become sort of a tradition that maybe you don't need to, you know, uh, socialize in, in big groups anymore because big groups are going to become these virtual groups and uh, these dinners and whatnot. So we're going to be focusing on uh, our space and what reflects us. A lot of things sort of changing, but interestingly changing. Yeah, well, let's talk about design trends and what is standing out to you this year. Are we seeing big changes, more of the same? What are you seeing, Stephen? I think that the, the biggest one, we, we all know sort of the, uh, you know, the Pantone color of the year is, you know, like gray and, and uh, bright yellow, mm-hmm. um, which is 
I, I, I think an interesting uh, a concept, but, but very hard to decorate around these, these two colors. Um, but then there's a lot of natural colors. Uh, you know, there's, there's projections saying the color of the year for 2022 uh, looks like it would be like an olive green. Oh. Again, colors found in nature. So mm. even olive green is a very uh, trendy color right now. So I, I think as a whole, we're going to be embracing a lot of nature and all things natural. Mm-hmm. We're going to really embrace everything artisanal, hmm. right? So we want things that are made by humans for humans. I think we're going to uh, sort of enjoy the imperfections of, of life that we want to be surrounded by that, like furniture that wasn't made by a robot in a factory, mm-hmm. you know, like here we can see here's how the, where the carpenter sort of like was was carving something and maybe it's not perfect but you know we we want it not to be perfect we want to celebrate the uh the human's touch you know that that uh, artisanal feel um and even things if you're looking at you know say flooring for instance uh, a huge huge uh, trend now is to have blonde light colored natural flooring where i can see i can see the grain i can see the wood knots i can see the imperfections in the floor um, you know, we don't want to sort of have the, uh, uh, a floor that may look like wood, but it's actually a laminated plastic. Um, more than not, we are looking for things that humans have touched, mm-hmm. which, is, which is great. And what are you seeing with the rise of home offices then? Well, I don't know about you, but my home office is my house. It's everywhere. Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, anywhere, it's anywhere you are with your laptop, right? So the home office, uh, it needs to be obviously flexible uh, because we're not really in an office anymore. So the home office can be your sofa, could be anywhere. Um, but interesting enough that uh, convertible furniture is, is so on the rise. And convertible furniture, for anyone that doesn't know, it's furniture that has multi-use, right? Mm-hmm. So fantastic things like a coffee table that has hydraulics that will lift up to a desk height. Uh, fantastic things like uh, workspaces and desks that completely fold away yep. into a wall, like a Murphy bed. So you can literally have a makeshift office anywhere. But I think, as we have mentioned before, I think the, the biggest thing is lighting because we need to make sure that we have uh, appropriate and proper lighting for a workspace. Mm-hmm. And if you are, you know, working from home, I know for me personally that that you need a proper ergonomic chair. I would say invest in a chair. If you are going to be working from home, don't try and sort of like prop yourself up on that wooden bar stool. Uh, you're going to fidget and you're going to be less productive. Get something that still feels like an office, but not necessarily, you don't have to recreate your, your office. Oh, that's interesting. Because you will be working from home more, you know. Yeah, give your body the impression that, yeah, this is the work chair. This isn't, you know, watching watching somebody make a lasagna. You're working, and this is the chair for it. Interesting. And I hadn't thought of that convertible coffee table as a desk. You know, a lot of people use it for dining in front of the TV, which I think probably everybody does now. But, yeah, as a desk and lots of room to spread out and, you know, two laptops if you need or whatever. Great idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No matter what chair you're sitting in right now, you can always find a spot at the Crea Cafe. It's a cozy place for realtors to connect, share thoughts, and stay up to date on the latest industry happenings over a virtual cup of coffee. Join the conversation at creacafe.ca. Now, back to our chat with Stephen Sabados and back to bringing in nature and having nature surrounding us. Mm, sounds good, right? How does nature and sustainability, how do they fit in? You know, it's interesting because we, we have been at home and uh, we've sort of become 
uh, used to and accepting of recycling, upcycling, mm-hmm. things of that nature, right? We're sort of looking around the house and we're like, okay, well, I've got this, this, and this, and maybe I can do X, Y, and Z with it. I know personally, um, I, I was receiving a lot of requests and I, I did a lot of a lot of internet shows and, and things on just, just ways to upcycle. You know, look around things in your house uh, and let's see, uh, how can we rethink or reuse that? And upcycling is, is definitely one of the top uh, Pinterest searches. Before, you know, recycling, upcycling was, uh, was okay. It was just sort of on the side. But now it's like it's being celebrated and it's being accepted even more so, which is really good. Again, sustainability. Mm-hmm. Now, do you see it as a permanent change, Stephen, or a temporary solution during an unprecedented time? Or is it kind of like Zoom? It's something we hadn't given much thought to. But guess what? It's opened up the doors to a whole new kind of a lifestyle. How do you see it? Yeah, I believe uh, this new importance and respect for home, right, as a place or a sanctuary is, is definitely here to stay, which is fantastic. I mean, we're, we're in our homes and we're, we're living in our homes, you know not just living um, like TV lifestyle programming is, is booming, uh, right? Consumers are looking to educate themselves, not only for DIY repairs, but, you know, renovation, cooking, decorating, you, you name it. And I think a lot of people want to, want to get it right, or at least get it right for them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, millennials are, are really driving the force on decor and design in that sense, because they want to personalize it. And there isn't really, it's very interesting when, when you sort of go through the gamut of, of decorating and, and things like that, it's personal. So there really is no style. You know, you can't say the style of the 80s, the style of the 70s. We all know what they look like and we can immediately pop it into our heads and we get a visual. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say the style was for 2020? Wow. You know, or even for <laughs> this, this last decade, it's really personal, uh-huh. you know, so you're having a mismatch of, of, uh, of mid-century modern and maybe something that your grandma had and this old thing. And I'm going to personalize it and I'm going to make it quirky, but it's my quirky and I'm going to own it. And I think that's kind of cool because, again, this is my home. And if you don't like it, I don't care. But I love it. And it represents me and my family in the way we like to live in our home. Yeah, well, the time that you do care is when you're marketing your home, of course. So do you foresee this shift affecting the way that we build and market our homes? Well, interesting because, uh, you know, if, even if you look at the uh, the blueprint of a home, it's like, oh, here's the dining room, here's the this, here's the bedroom number two, here's, you know. So I kind of think that we can create any room or any space because we sort of had to. And now I think, you know, our home and, and how we're marketing it, it should be, well, here's the space and here's what I did, but here's what you can do. And then recreate it as such because... I don't know. I always find it hard when you're sort of, uh, you know, seeing a space. It's like, oh, here's the one bedroom plus den. Well, why is that a den? Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, my gym, you know, or it's it's not necessarily the the spare bedroom. I don't need a spare bedroom. No one comes to visit. So I want to make it this. Everyone talks about when they're going for resale, oh, take out the personality of the homeowner. I mean, I get it to a degree, but I kind of think the personality uh, inspires me. I would love to see how someone you know, it reflected the, their space. Mm-hmm. What impact have these changes had on design experts like yourself, the importance of home in the last year or so? Or perhaps you've always had this mindset, Stephen, but has this shifted anything in you as a creator? Uh, yeah, I mean, for me personally, because I, I design a lot of furniture, there was a time, I mean, there still is, you know, a market for like 
large furniture with a lot of bells and whistles and you know what I mean and and uh, and things of that nature that that's going to really make a big statement I think now because you know we have to be price sensitive more so than ever uh, we're paring back a lot of the the details where we're not really needing them as much anymore because we also know as a consumer uh, and as a designer as well that they they're that's going to add uh, extra cost mm-hmm. and I think the biggest thing more than ever now comfort is key comfort is huge because we're now living in our space and i do hope that uh, we're we're going to be less gravitating towards disposable things like disposable mm-hmm. furniture disposable uh, whatever so you know we're going to buy something that was handmade that's artisanal and that's going to be in our homes for generations hopefully to come yeah hopefully and while we're talking about the future we needn't go as far as generations but take us to the end of this year Stephen. <laughs> flash forward to december 2021 what words do you hope will describe this year? I'm really hoping, and I kind of think, one of the biggest words for me that comes out is kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we were sort of forced to be a little more patient, a little kinder, not so busy, not so hurried. Now it's it's okay when you drive up and there's like a lineup at the grocery store. You're like, yeah, it's okay. Whereas before, I'd be like, oh, what's going on? Well, I'm not going to wait. I don't, have, I don't have any time to wait. I can't wait. I've got, you know, it's like, no, 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 I'll wait, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, optimism for sure as well, because I think <laughs> we need that, right? We all need to be optimistic. Like, it, it, we'll get through this, right? Everyone always says that. We'll get through it. Yep. And because of that, it gives us the faith. I think all those kind of words go together, kindness, optimism, faith. The other odd one that I have out there is rebuild, which... Um, we're sort of rebuilding everything. We're re- rebuilding how we think as a community, as a family, rebuilding, you know, everything around us, even our homes. But we can be optimistic and be positive and we can still have, you know, what I think most importantly, a really good sense of humor because out of this, yes, it was tough, but man, we got through it and there were some funny moments, you know, and obviously not to underestimate the, the, the devastating moments and what have you, but uh, we have to remain optimistic. Indeed. And what a beautiful, optimistic note on which to end our chat and to begin our year here at Korea Real Time. And I'm so grateful, we all are, to you, Stephen, for sharing your insights and your wisdom and the comfort of talking to you. It's been lovely. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Aaron. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you and uh, and sharing this. I hope this does uh, give a little bit of a bright light, you know, for, uh, for the year to come. It's going to be a very, very positive good year. Remember, you can catch up with Stephen's creations, including his studio collection, at Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Sabados, S-A-B-A-D-O-S dot com. And let's make 2021 a year of success, comfort, good health, and great ideas. We're here to help you with that wherever we can. Real Time is produced by Rob Whitehead and Real Family Productions and Alphabet Creative. I'm Aaron Davis, and we'll talk to you again soon. And don't forget to subscribe.